And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, before we say anything about the weighing in podcast, we have all got to get together and wish the real punk a very happy birthday. It is Josh uh, Thompson's birthday. Happy birthday to you. That's it. That's all you're getting, dude. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> that was funny. My ears were already shaking a little bit there, buddy. I'm sorry. Hey, guys, I want to thank uh, you guys. Dave put out a nice little thing on the Wayne in uh, show today, or maybe it was Gian because Gian's more considerate. But, uh, yeah, either way, it was good. St- <laughs> it was good. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, a lot of heartfelt stuff uh, through everyone. People hitting me up in the DMs. I appreciate you guys, everyone, not just you guys, but everybody, everybody out there that sent me messages. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, another year older, still feel the same. No, I feel no older than 12 years old. <laughs> That's the way it is, John. That's why we get along. But you're 21 now. You get to legally drink uh, this time. Yes, it is. Yes, finally, <laughs> finally. Gosh, I've been doing it. I've been doing it for the last 20 years now. Drinking illegally. Oh, it didn't matter. It wasn't legal. Uh, now it is. It Congratulations. Matters. Thank you. Thank you. I can stop telling people that I'm 45 because I'm now officially 45. No. You, you are not. You lying. <laughs> what the hell I is love wrong it. with I, you? I, I honestly don't know how old I am. I think it, you, you someone said you said 43. Okay. You're 43. So I, I thought I was 44 today. So I woke up like thinking I was 44. Look I got a that. bunch you of texts. I gained a, I, a bunch of people said me say, Hey, happy birthday. Happy 43rd. I'm like, I think I'm 44 today. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know where they saw it, but whatever. Your hey, math skills are amazing. Even your own had- birthday. You- I never claimed I had good math skills. <laughs> I never claimed to have good ones. Oh, man. Well, hey, uh, before we get started, make sure you guys go to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, and also go to our Clips channel and hit the subscribe button there as well. Look, guys, I say this stuff every week, so I'm not going to burden you down every single show, but hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, and thank you guys for following us. I appreciate it, and thank you for all the wishes, the birthday wishes today as well. Hey, let's roll right into this, man. We've got a lot to talk about in terms of the UFC. This is a big card this weekend. Everyone's pumped for it. I'm happy that all the fights are seem like they're going through. The Dan Hooker one, I think, is still on hold, right? Correct? A little bit? Dan Hooker one is on hold still, but it's not Dan Hooker's fault. Now it is. Yeah. Nazrat Hasbrot, he can't get his PC either. Do they not have them on the card? Oh, there they are. I see them. There. Yeah, they okay. are. They're on the card yeah, I still. See them there. They were further down than I thought. I thought they'd be like right below Nick and uh, Robbie. No, they are. They're down there, but it's like that That fight is destined for something to make sure that it doesn't happen. But Hey, I look at it this way, though. I if that fight does. doesn't happen, that could be a main event on another on another card. Honestly, I would I would like to see that fight, period. So if they yeah. want to make that a co-main on another card and they want to make it a main event on a fight night or something, I'd tune in. Hell yeah, that's going to be a fucking barn burner of a fight. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's get into it. Do you want to start at the at the top or do you want to work your way a little bit from the middle to the bottom to the top? How do you want to yeah, do this? I, I say we just go main card right now. Unless there's that's something good. on the prelims. Is there anything on the prelims that catches your eyes? Yeah, so. Dan Hooker and Nazrat. That's the prelims. <laughs> that, but that, you, you don't even know that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> still want to talk thing. about it how do you not have a, happen how do you have a fight like that and not talk about it even if it's not going to happen i want to talk about it because eventually it's going to happen hopefully down the road somewhere True. if they can't get it together on this one maybe they just bump it to the next card somebody get booted off of the other next card hey this is a good fight um I, look dan hooker is coming off what 
three. Is it three losses? Can you click on down there? Two, two in a row. It's right? two for sure, but I, I, I might be. Dust, Dustin and. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so Dustin just two. Sorry. Yeah, I know he was on a run for a while until he ran into Dustin, and then uh, he ran into Chandler. Um, overall, though, I, I wonder how much of this affect with the COVID situation. You know, he has to going through this whole visa thing, showing up probably like a, a day before weigh-ins. He cuts a lot of weight. How is he going to be affected by that? Let's. I want to remind people that when you fly, you retain water. Yep. For him to land and make the weight, knowing that he cuts a ton of weight, it's not going to be a good weight cut for him. But but, but neither guy is, is in a position to make weight. So if the UFC is smart, it doesn't matter. They're both 155-pound fighters when they're normal. This is not a championship fight. So just make it a contracted weight. Yeah. You know, let him go at 170. You know, well, if you want to say it's a welterweight you... fight or if you want to say 165, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but they, I think they just bumped uh, Nick and Robbie to 185. Oh, really? Yeah, they just bumped that fight to 185. Yep. <clears throat> so it's no longer at 170. It's at 185, which is brilliant. Both guys are yeah. older. What's the What's the point? We're not Doesn't fighting matter. for the title. Like, I know you're good. and You know I'm good. You know we're about the same size. Fuck it. It just reminds me of like when we were, when when, the, when I was first started fighting, we would just show up at gyms. Like, and I, I was, who was I having this conversation with? You look day? like you're about this guy's size, and you yeah. look like you're about that guy's size. But this was before the internet. So people have to understand that if, like, for, I lived in, in Coeur d'Alene, which is like uh, up in North Idaho, but there was gyms in Spokane, there was gyms in uh, Seattle, t- uh, Tacoma, there was gyms in uh, Missoula, Montana, gyms in Utah, gyms in Boise. Well, they would all call up the local MMA gyms where they had knew that there was other gyms. They'd just call and say, hey, because there was no internet. Hey, we have, there's no social media. Hey, we have, um, we're having a show at our, at our place. Here's our address. And that was back then when you would print the map quest up and you would try and drive there and find your damn way there. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how it went. So you show up at this venue, not knowing if you had a fight. They're like, Oh yeah, so and so's gym is coming. So and so's gym is coming. And you guys would all just show up and like, Hey, okay, you're kind of my weight. You're kind of my weight. Let's weigh in, see where we're at. And you would fight guys. I mean, several, several of my fights, I had fought guys that Trevor Prangley had fought. Because I had saw Trevor mop the floor with them. And I was like, all right, he's not that good. He's 200 pounds. I'm 165, 170. I was like, oh, I got, I got this. So I would fight him. You know, and that, that's just how you matched up. You're like, okay, look, I know I'm better than him on the ground. I know I can take him down. I know he's got heavy hands. Like, But you just weighed the options. Okay, do I want to get paid 300 bucks or, not? or do I want to go home empty-handed? Because it cost you about 150 Burn bucks gas. to get there. Yeah, to exactly. get there, to stay in a hotel. I remember there was times we fought in uh, Missoula, Montana. And there was a, a river out there. So we just brought our camping yeah, stuff. It's called A River and, Runs Through It. There's a movie. Yeah, here's that was so dumb. <laughs> John, I like you for I a had, lot of things. But I your jokes to. is not one of them. Come on. It was true. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, so we would camp out by the river, yeah. you know, and sleeping bags, really no tents. And we would just camp out there. And then we'd fight the next day. And we'd stay the, the night again. And we'd bounce out because it was, it was free. So it was just, it was, it's funny to think that. So now when these fighters have to go through this stuff, right? It's like, hey, what's the point? Let's just say you're 170, uh, 172, I'm 174. Yeah. You know, this is where we Makes weigh in originally. No difference. Yeah. As long as you're yeah. close to the same size, you can both weigh in at the same thing. There's no reason for guys to, especially Dan Hooker and Hasbrot, there's no reason for them to lose yeah. weight at all. Let them fight and you know, let them pick the weight that they're, you know, whichever guy's the lightest. Okay. You got to get to that weight. Big deal. Do it. Yep. Uh, well, but I agree. For, first, first we have to have the the U.S. government give a visa to Nazareth. So I hope they do. 
so weird. It's weird to crazy. Me. Like if you if you know you can Google them and know that they're really they're athletes, it's like what's the point? They're gonna know. come. They're gonna make money. They're I, gonna dude, pay their international their tax. Their name is on a card. You can look up exactly what they're doing. It's like yep, nothing. yep. They're gonna pay their international tax and they're gonna bounce out. Exactly. <laughs> it's like let leave them be, man. What do you Collect think of Marlon Mariah? Marlon Mariah is taking on Marab Davilashvili. I can't even say his name ever. Um, look. Since Marlon has went to ATT, I know he said he likes it down there a lot, like pretty much a lot better than he was liking it at Mark Henry's, but he hasn't had success that he had at Mark Henry's. So is the discipline going away because there's a little bit more freedom down there, whereas things were things were ran on a tight ship with Mark Henry and Frankie Edgar, and there was a crew there that was shaping them up. Now, certain people have had great success there. I mean, like, uh, what's his, uh, the one they just fought? He lost. He just lost. God, it was Mar- uh, Marlon's training buddy, Barboza. Barboza, oh. he's had, he's had quite he's had some success since being at ATT. You know, I know he lost his last fight, but he's been winning some fights as well. So he's been a little bit up and down, but he had a lot of success with Mark Henry. So you have that, but Marlon hasn't had the success at ATT. So what do you, what do you attribute that to? Is it because there's a little bit more freedom there? Is there really a schedule? Because a lot of the fighters that I talk at ATT. You, fighters kind of make up their own schedule, but they they have a really good team mix of people that come in. This is when the lighter people train. This is when the heavier people train, and they train with their own strength and conditioning coach. They do their own like, but and you train with your coach at specific times. That's common at most gyms, but is it a little bit more lax? Is some people need a little bit more structure, a little bit more hand holding? You know, uh, depends on the fighter, I guess. It does, but you know, it also can depend on, and I don't think. Uh... Marlon is old. He's not. He's thirty-three years no. of age or so. But no, this is prime. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, this should be. You know, the very best that you're going to see him and stuff. I think he's just run into that. There, there can be those times you run into that section of your career where guys are good and you're fighting good people, and you know what? They catch you, and it's you know that's you just got to look and say, hey, I got caught. Let me go back to. uh you know, back to training. Let me figure out what I did wrong. If there was anything that I did wrong and just, you know, you got to get back on the horse. And I think that's what they're, you know, they're doing here because he is, man, he's not getting an easy opponent. He's getting a guy that is a gamer, a guy that drags people to the ga- the ground. I mean, Rab is just a beast as far as yeah. his pressure and his presence and the pace he puts on. And he's just nonstop very much, you know, like a, Nurmagomedov with that pressure takedown that he goes after, but he's also now been throwing more. I don't think it's a real good idea for him to stand forever with Marlon. I think Marlon's got a little bit more technical stand-up. I think uh, power-wise kind of lends towards Marlon a little bit, but when you're looking at Marab, you're looking at a guy that, man, this guy goes. And So this is not an easy fight at all. This is another tough fight, but this is, this is that one that, look at Marab wants this one, to bump himself up into that next mm-hmm. level, that next platform, and prove that you know what I'm one of those upper level guys, and Marlon needs to get back into the the game. He needs he needs this win big. Yeah, I look at Marlon though. I also look at him in terms of he's a big one thirty five pounder. He should be fighting at forty five. Yeah, he loses a lot of weight, no doubt about yeah. it. He's got that small waist, thick thick legs. He's got the kind of the bigger chest. He's kind of more chesty, big shoulders. I know that he probably doesn't want to go up because he feels like he'll probably just be an average sized person, but he just has tend to petered out a little bit towards the middle of the second round, which is common to fighters that are having a hard time making the weight. 
Yeah, his arms and are getting so, tired. He did. You know, that's what happened. Think about when he fought, you know, Henry Cejudo for the championship. Yeah. yeah, you know, he was he was lighting Henry up in the first round, and then look at what happened. Yeah. So, in that, a lot of that came off of look, the energy wasn't there. The, you know, he he burned trying to get rid of Henry, couldn't do it, and then it's like, and now you got problems because the lactic acid is in the arms, the yeah. legs don't move real well, you can't get your way out of the problems, so. You might be right. You know, we've we've been seeing it. We, you know, we said it in the Bellator thing. I try to say it over and over. Guys are finally figuring out, look, I can't lose all this weight. I've got to figure out, you know, I'm starving myself every day, going to training, dying as far as what I'm putting in my body to try to make this weight. And then I'm dying, you know, cutting the weight. And finally, I, you know, I'll get, you know, past the weigh-in make the weight and I can, I can eat something, but I can't eat that much because then I get sick from eating. So it's just this vicious cycle. And it's like, man, move up in weight. We've seen so many people move up in weight and have success. And you can do that. There's, there's advantages to move, moving up. One is you're usually faster. Now, yeah, you can be in a position where you go, I'm not, I'm not the strongest guy anymore. I've never known that the strongest guy wins most fights. I always figure the guys that are more technical and the guys that are faster, they win more fights than the guys that are stronger. True. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to take, what they do is they take what what Khabib has done, right? And they've said like, well, he cuts a ton of weight. Yeah, I, I look at it in different, a bunch of different ways when I look at the Khabib situation. There's a couple things. Okay, one, he never drinks. Can most of these other fighters say that? That's one. Two is, he was also, he was born at altitude. He beyond altitude. I think yeah. I believe his village is at like six or seven thousand uh, feet. So, yeah. so if that's the case, he's born. So his blood oxygen level is probably over the over the generations of living there that he has over the decades of living there. He has his body has learned to push out the lactic acid as well as create more red blood cells. So the conditioning in the muscle fibers is there. Now, sure, he travels a lot. He's all around. I understand that. <clears throat> But that has something to do with the way the way that he has trained his whole life at that altitude. So people are like, oh, he cuts a ton of weight. But if you look at a lot of the Dagestani wrestlers in, in the Olympics, they're built very similar to the way he is. They're not super lean. Sure, they look like physical specimens. But they they their muscle fatigue doesn't seem to hit them the way that it hits a lot of other athletes from what I can see. So I think along with that, but then a lot of them are also majority of them. I believe that live in those areas are Muslim. And that, and that being said is that a lot of them go through their fasting periods during Ramadan. And they also still fast throughout the through, periodically throughout the, the year. And so when they do that, there's a lot, there's been scientific scientifically proven uh, benefits of fasting in terms of for muscle endurance, as well as for your blood oxygen levels and all of those things that come along with that. So you can't look at someone like Khabib and like, oh, he cuts a ton of weight because he went through a phase where he was letting was, himself get a little bit too big and he was struggling yeah. to make the weights. Like I remember him leaving. Oh, he was on struggling. Friday. He didn't make weight. Yeah, he didn't make weight a couple times. But there was. The I remember him. Tony I Ferguson remember him, fight. Yeah, I remember him leaving San Jose, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna." He left San Jose on Friday, I believe, uh, after he went to go pray after the training session. Then he went to go pray in San Francisco came back then he left i believe saturday morning to las vegas he started cutting weight the next day like it was straight like doing three pounds a night three pounds a night you know up until the day of the weigh-ins and you see him just slowly withering himself down 
There was times where he didn't make it. But like I said, like as he got a little bit more familiar with doing it on a consistent basis, becoming more active, becoming the champion, seeing everything that came along with it, realizing how much stricter he had to be with it. You saw the bit. I saw him do it easier. He was begin. It was becoming easier and easier as it went on. Yeah. So when people look at guys like Khabib who caught a ton, who cut a ton of weight, I don't look at it at the same because his what he, the way he lives his lifestyle is different than the way a lot of these other fighters live their lifestyle. You know, and so there's a lot of ways that they need to start sh- cleaning it up to make it a little bit easier to make the weight. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with living at that altitude as well for the muscle fatigue and the lactic acid and all of those things that come along with making that big hard cut. Because you look at guys like Gleason Tebow, right? He was a rock star in the first round. But yeah. by about halfway through the, fir- the second round, he wasn't the same fighter, you know? And then we saw that a little bit with Saul Rogers. He was able to keep wrestling the full three rounds when he fought Georgie Carhanian in this last Bellator. But we've seen in the past against other guys where he just petered out. He just completely different fighter after a round, round and a half. And that's exactly what we've seen with a lot of other fighters. Georgie Carhanian kind of had a little bit of the same problem when he was cutting to 45. That's why he went to 55. I mean, I can't think of a, a couple. There's a couple other people, I'm sure, but I can't off the top of my head. I can't, can't come up with them. But a lot of fighters have had problems making that weight cut from a lower weight class. Then now all of a sudden coming up, realizing like, oh, man, I can do this. I, I'm a lot better of a fighter at this point, you know, uh, not having to cut this amount of weight. So I think you look at it. I look at it with Marlon Marais. He's going to have to make a decision, especially at 33. When he gets to 34, 35, it's going to be harder to make that weight. It's going to be a lot harder. And then yeah. the fatigue is going to even just increase. Yeah. So. Jessica um, Andrade taking on Cynthia Cavillo. What do you think of that one? I think that Jessica Andrade has the kryptonite to beat Cynthia Cavillo. I think she's got the wrestling, the power, the pushing of her around. Um, this is at 135, correct? Uh, 125. 25, sorry, 125. So the, Jessica was at 115 before when she fought Rose. That's right. Um, but yeah, now she's coming up to 125. The size may play a little bit of a factor. But I, I look at Jessica, she's a bulldog. She's going to walk her down. She's going to throw big shots. Cynthia's got to make sure that she doesn't put herself her back to the fence and let Jessica bully her around. If she lets Jessica bully her around, she's going to do it for the whole fight. Cynthia's got to hit her with some clean shots, touch her up, let her know she's there, and then get out of the way of the takedown and the big shots. If she can do that, she'll have a little bit of success. But she's got to make sure she's in shape, man. If Jessica Andrade gets on top of her, at all for say a longer a long period of time say two and a half three minutes then i'll just start seeing cynthia just peter out as the fight goes on that's my word for today peter peter out <laughs> i just look at look at cynthia's strength is actually it's the ground it's when she mm-hmm. gets on the ground in the top position she's she's very good she's got a very heavy top game she's got good submissions but i don't think she's as good as andrage on the ground I think Andrade is actually a little bit better than you know than her on the ground, and then in the stand up, the power, the power goes to Andrade. I think this is a difficult fight for Cynthia to win. I'm not saying she can't do it, but she's going against someone like you said in in the perfect form. That's kryptonite. You know, yeah. if you if you're looking at style wise, the person that's going to give you problems in a fight. For Cynthia, it's Jessica Andrade. So this is a tough one for her, in my opinion. If she can get this win, that will say a lot. And there's a lot of experience going towards Jessica Andrade in this fight comparatively also. So I don't know. I just look at it. It's a good matchup. And, man, I I give uh, Cynthia credit for taking that matchup. But she's got a work cut out for her in this one. 
I think she's looking at it more like, hey, this is a chance for me to get to a title shot. I okay. beat her because Jessica Andrade just fought for the title, didn't yeah. go her way. Nope. If I beat her, she's been one of the top dogs at 115, and now she also was considered one of the top dogs at 125. If I get a win over her, this stamps me kind of right in that one, two, three, four mix kind of position. Who the hell wants a title shot in the 125 division? Fuck, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I wouldn't sorry, wish man. that. I wouldn't wish that shit on anybody. Man, I'm telling you, you look and you She's, go, "Can someone please beat Valentina so yeah. I don't have to be the person that goes yeah. in there and fights against her?" She's good, man. You know, here's good. the thing, and I'm, look, I, in no way am I trying to compare the two 125 pounders from Bellator and the UFC, but I would still like to just see that fight because no, that would that would it would just be, be a fun fight. It would yeah, be a fun. I, it's an interesting fight because I don't. know. I feel like uh, Valentina. She's got cleaner, crisper striking. Yep. She's got. She's got. She's got. The, she got. I. I. I don't want to say better really wrestling. She got better wrestling, but she doesn't have better judo. No. Which I don't know how that's going to translate. But then on the ground, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Juliana Velasquez on the ground, even though she's supposed to be a good ground person. It's, it's like, like everyone her, keeps talking. I'm like her I don't first know. fight in Bellator. She pulled off a beautiful armbar submission. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the only time I've ever seen her on the ground. She yeah, just doesn't go down there. She, she wants doesn't to stand want to up and there. fight. So, yeah. yeah, I understand. And she's relatively young too in the sport. What is she? Twelve and 0, 13, yeah. 12, 12 or thirteen and zero. She's she's undefeated. She's tough. You know, she has she she reminds me a little bit of Valentina Shevchenko when she was younger. Kind of that a little bit of that like walk you down, just touch you up. Like the output was a little bit more with Valentina because she had a little bit more cleaner. I'd say with the kicks and the combinations together, being coming from a such a uh, outstanding background and kickboxing but i don't know it's it it just for me it kind of and it does interest me that style of fight interests me a lot you know oh in no way am i saying that juliana would beat her i'm not no, saying she would I'm definitely just simply be saying yeah it, just, it would make like it does interest me though it's one of those fights that like I, you know, it kind of makes you go i wonder you know like i wonder I, eh, you know so uh what other fights out here curtis blaze and uh jarzinho well i'll tell you to me yeah, this is you, you go back in time to Styles make fights as far as grappler versus striker. That's what you have here. Let's just be honest. If Curtis Blades takes Jerzinho down, there's not much he's going to do down there. He's in trouble. He is not a guy that can fight off of his back. He doesn't have a good submission game. He's got to try to get himself back to his feet, and that is not going to be easy to do against Curtis. Curtis is an outstanding wrestler, but we have seen Curtis get tagged by people that have heavy hands and Derek one Lewis. thing we know about Jarzinho Rosenstruck is the man can punch so he's got power he's got power and you know I think you're going to see him looking to kind of take a page away from Derek Derek Lewis and that that nice little uppercut he's going to look to set his feet and and allow Curtis to come in and put his head down and try to bring that thing up on target question is can he which one's gonna which one's gonna land? Is the takedown gonna land or is the uppercut and or the big right hand gonna land? So here yeah, when I look at this fight though, like Curtis Blaze fighting Jarzino, I don't Jarzino doesn't have the same explosiveness that Derek Lewis has when he throws it. Sure, he's got the power, I get it, but I give Derek Lewis a little bit more of the power edge as well. But the explosive, like fast twitch muscle yeah. goes goes with Derek Lewis. It doesn't go with Jarzino. So when I'm t- when we're t- having this conversation, I, I don't want to I don't want people to get, compare them too much, because to me Derek Lewis is the more fast twitch muscle, a little bit f- fast, like he has a little bit more of that 
one or two really explosive movements where Jarzunio, he has been proven to, sh- to just walk you down, just try and he sure he explodes, but it's very minimal. And so is, so is Derek Lewis's, but, <laughs> but, it, I was gonna but say, when well, I, when I, then they're very similar. <laughs> no, they are, they are, they are, I think they are very similar, but yeah. I look at Derek Lewis having a little bit more fast twitch explosiveness when it comes to the hands. And we saw that when he fought Curtis blades, when he hit him with that uppercut, right? I think it was the uppercut. Boom, oh, he, boom. It dude, was that uppercut put him out. Beautiful. It was out. Put him out. out. He, he didn't. He went after him, but there was yeah. no reason to. He was out. Yeah. No, he was out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just don't know. Jarzinho is a little bit more flat-footed, also than Derek mm-hmm. Lewis. Derek Lewis has also worked a lot hold more. It. It, hold it. Is that possible? Yeah. 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 It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. John, it is. Okay. Um, but Jarzinho also, he, he kind of just stalks a little bit. He'll stand in front of you. But Jarzinho has much better lateral movement than Derek Lewis. Derek is very linear in his approach. Yeah. Linear, linear in his tacks. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm being honest. I think Curtis has the advantage based upon his wrestling. And if he gets the absolutely. fight to the ground, it's for every minute it's on the ground, it's going yep. more towards Curtis Blades getting the win. And Jarzinho won't be the same fighter. He won't be the same fighter after one takedown. And then every minute he spends on the ground, it just takes away more and more of his ability to get a finish. Well, and we've we've seen you guys take him down, and we see that he starts to look for that one big shot, and eventually he doesn't throw anything because yeah. he's looking for the big shot, or he throws it and he gets taken down again, and so it'll work against him if he does that. He needs to be active with his hands. He needs mm-hmm. to actually stick a jab out there on him, move his feet, get to a point where... Curtis doesn't feel like he has the opportunity to come in without being hurt. Got it. All right. Well, hey, so finally, the awaited return of Nick Diaz fighting Robbie Lawler. This fight has just been announced. I believe it was today. It got announced that it's going to be at 185, which is beautiful. I think it's perfect. Neither one of them are fighting for a title. Both of them are getting a little bit older in age. And there's no reason for them to cut the weight. They both have a mutual respect for each other in terms of they both respect each other as fighters. They both know what they bring to the table. This ain't their first rodeo, man. I love the fact that they're doing it at 185. It's going to be perfect. Uh, I just absolutely agree with you. I think it's perfect that it's at 185. Hopefully neither guy has to lose hardly any weight at all. Nick is always in shape. Let's just be honest. The guy, you know, he does triathletes for fun all the time. He's always There's nothing shape. fun about triathlon. No, you're telling <laughs> nothing me. Nothing fun. You're telling me? And dude, it's like, oh, that's horrible. But I tell people this all the time, like, John. I don't even want to get in the car and drive 26 miles, let alone run a fucking marathon for 26 <laughs> miles. Now you want me to get on a bike and ride, what, 100 miles? Yeah, screw you. I don't want to drive 100 miles. Like, I don't even, I hate jumping on a plane to fly for an hour somewhere. No, no, no. I don't understand any of this. That's what I tell people. I see my, my line for him is, you know, 26 miles. If you have to run 26 miles, you obviously park the car way too far away from the problem. <laughs> uh, John getting older in age. Careful, ooh, buddy. Ooh. You start forgetting where you parked that car. That's it, man. <laughs> but this uh, is a great, this is a great matchup. It's a great rematch. The first fight was, it was a barn burner. It had a huge knockout ending at the end with Robbie face planning off of a shot from Nick. And it was stopped, but this fight could go either way. Robbie's got hammers in his hands. If he touches Nick's chin cleanly, he will put Nick down. You know, and the real question is, you know, where is Nick at as far as just that 
you know, that flow in the real fight game as far as, you know, it's not going to be sparring. It's not going to be, it's under the lights. He's, he's comfortable there. He's obviously a great fighter and stuff, but it's been five and a half six years. years. Yeah. Six years, pretty five much. And a half, six years. So that's a long time, you know, and it's just yeah. different. So, but this, this one is just fun. It's nostalgic and it's nice to see Nick Diaz back. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that people should take into consideration when we're talking about this fight. Nick has been living away from Stockton. He's been living in Vegas for for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, there's that aspect of it all. Has the training been the same as it was when he was living like near his brother and, and Gilbert and Jake Shields and all those guys? The constant training of the scrap pack. You know, um, has it been the same? Where he, what has he been doing during that duration? The six years, a long damn time. Five and a half, six years, a long time. Whereas during that six years, Robbie Lawler has been fighting the best fighters in the world. Yeah, he's been training true. consistently. He's a true professional when it comes to that. So is Nick. I agree. But he hasn't been as active for six years. He hasn't been active at all for six years. Sure, training with your friends, it's not the same as just sparring. So when I'm looking at that in terms of the level of competition, there's no ant. There's 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 no way of looking at past it. Like he has fought the who's who when I'm looking at Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, Tyrone Woodley, D- uh, Donald. Sor- dude, look, go just go from what what you're you're seeing there from what Dave is getting you. Jake Ellenberger, Matt Brown, Johnny Hendricks, Roy McDonald, Carlos Condit, Tyrone Woodley, Donald Cerrone again, RDA, Ben Askren, Colby Covington, Neil Magny. I mean, come on. Yeah, not I, one easy know- fight. No, there's not one easy fight, and and Robbie has been he hasn't looked the same. Like he's been kind of ever since he lost to T Wood, he hasn't been he hasn't really looked the same. But I also want people to remember, like when you've been the champ, he was a champion for a while. He's been doing this for a long time. You need to find those certain people that motivate you to fight. And the UFC sometimes I can I speak from experience on this. They don't. They sometimes just don't give a shit when you tell them, "Hey, I need this person to motivate me to fight that person." I'll give you an example. I fought Benson Henderson, and after that fight, I kept asking for Donald Cerrone because I wanted the Donald Cerrone fight. I was like, because I knew they weren't going to give me Pettis because that was I wanted that fight as well, but not just because he was champion. I just knew stylistically it was a fun fight, and it motivated me. I wanted the Donald Cerrone. They were like, no. They kept telling me no. Kept telling me. I was like, that's the fight that everyone wants to see. That's the fight that wakes me up and motivates me. Yeah. It just it never happened. They didn't. Want, they never wanted. They never offered me one time for that fight. This fight, I feel like with Robbie Lawler. It's a get back fight for him. It's a little bit of that redemption, but it also has that nostalgia of the sport itself because it's Nick Diaz and just in that, that feeling of you got over me last time. I was a very emotional fighter during that fight. If you go back and watch that fight, Robbie was letting what Nick was doing to him during that fight, get under his skin. He kept trying to take his head off. I don't think Robbie's going to be that guy this fight. Robbie's like, ah, I've already done all this. I'm just going to stay calm, composed, try to touch you and piece you up, just try to move and roll my, with my punches. He, Robbie's going to do what, he was, what he's been doing that got him to the title shot. I think that the motivation to train for this, though, as he said in, in one of his interviews that I was watching, he's like, I know Nick's going to come in shape. I know he's going to have a lot of output. He's yep. like, I'm re- I will be ready for this fight. I, this is a fight that got me up and got me motivated. That says a lot when I hear a veteran say that. Yes, says everything. Says everything. And you got to figure, you know, Robbie's 39 years of age. Nick is 38. Mm-hmm. So, that you know, as far as looking at where they're at and stuff, yes, you're exactly right. 
Robbie has been fighting the last, you know, five and a half, six years and fighting a murderer's row as far as just, you know, he, he doesn't get an easy fight. So uh, I think, you know, that could be the difference. And it, it could be the difference of, I don't think Nick will be emotional at all, but there will be butterflies. And trust yeah. me, you know, it, it's walking back out there. The, the butterflies are going to be there and he's going to want to perform. He's going to want to show people, hey, I can still do this, and I can do it at you know at at that level that I left at. So yeah. we're going to see. It's going to be fun. Well, the one thing people need to remember about Nick, though, is Nick doesn't like to fight. No, he's not. He's he's not. He's not a, like he's not one of those like oh he's ex- pumped up. Ex- he's just fucking really good at it, and he'll tell you himself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't really like to fight. I don't like all the stuff that comes along with it. No, I don't he like hates the interviews. The stuff that goes with it. He hates. I don't the like the anxiety of it all. He's like, he doesn't like. He hates all this stuff. But he's like, I'm good at it, so I gotta keep going, you know. And so, um, I'm look, I'm very pumped to see this fight because I said for me, there's a lot of that nostalgia that comes along with the old school days. And these guys, you know, um, Robbie and I got signed at the same the same event when we fought in that Shogun the Shogun event in Hawaii. Robbie got signed. Robbie fought a little bit before me on when we had the shows. When we had Aaron Riley, events. Aaron Riley, yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, no, like that, th- that was the fight that Robbie entered the UFC on. Yes, yeah, I remember that fight. Yep, yeah. and then Good after fight. that, and then after that, he fought Tiki. Was next, right? It was nope. Robbie. No, no, no he fought, fought Steve Berger on the Steve uh, Berger. Okay, there you go. Thirty-seven and a half. Damn sports show. Period. Yep, thirty-seven and a half. Thirty-seven and a half. I was supposed to be on that card. Yeah. Yep. That's how Eves Edwards got into the UFC. Is I, I had to pull out. I was supposed to fight Zhao Perini. Shit, that's how old I am. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, happy happy fucking birthday. birthday to my old ass. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. All right. What uh the next fight? Next fight's championship fight. It's it is the lady that we are talking about that makes us both go, Yeah, I don't think I'll take that fight. Yeah. The bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. So Lauren Murphy, I love her. She is a she's a sweetheart of a person. She came from that grappling background. She likes, you know, standing on the feet. She was in the, you know, she was in the tough series and stuff, and didn't do as well as you know she would have liked to. And uh, she was, cons- she was picked as one of the top, you know, ladies in that one. But she's worked her way back. She's gotten a lot of wins, and this is what you get for getting those wins: is you get a shot at the bullet. And it's uh, look, you got to be honest, man, Lauren Murphy. She has a, a good ground game. She's just the big difference that I see in this fight is speed. There's a huge difference in the speed of both competitors, and that might be the difference as far as Shevchenko is going to be able to come in, land shots, and get away without the counters touching her. And she's going to frustrate Lauren. Lauren's going to then try to hit her with bigger shots. She's going to overextend. Takedowns are going to come. It'll be Lauren on her back based upon it. I just, you know, I'm, I think she's fighting, you know, one of the most talented female fighters there is in the sport today. And so the odds are against her in this. Let's just be honest. But she can win because she's tough. She is a gamer. She's got skills. It's just that she's fighting that number one person. Yeah, she. I, I think Valentina is the number one female in the world. I don't. I, I don't want to take anything away from Ana Nunes. No. I don't take anything away from Cyborg. I don't want to no. take anything from Rose Namajunas. Yeah. I think they're all phenomenal fighters. <clears throat> but the thing is, I look at Valentina as being the one. The reason why I put her on such a pedestal when it comes to that is because 
what she did with against Amanda Nunes is those fights were very close. There was moments there where, you know, she could, if she could have done a little bit more based off the size, she wasn't able to, you know, and the technique and everyone, she was a, she's a phenomenal fighter. And like you said, I feel bad for all the girls that are all the females that are fighting at 125. Cause where's, where you go from here? I keep getting there, but no one's like, hey, getting about all the, all the fighters that for those years with uh, John Jones, yeah. You know, or the, the the years with GSP, they're like, man, I just can't beat him. Like, it's like, shit, what are we going to do? Same shit with Matt Hughes and, you know, in that, that scenario as well. There's been a lot of top fighters that were there for a long time. People just get frustrated. Like, man, eventually someone's going to come along, yeah. you know, and beat her. And it might be, be Lauren. Some, yeah, and it might be. I look at, do you look at Lauren Murphy in, as, in terms of like, almost like a Matt Sarah? <sighs> with a mean, GSP. Could it happen? Give me that. Oh, Come on, John. Look, fucking lie it, to me right it, now. Okay, no, tell me something. I don't care. This is you know, and this is why you always say, and this is why you fight the fight. You know, yep. all all the bullshit, all the crap that we're talking about, all the opinions and everything. You know, they're just that. They're opinions. They don't mean anything until that fight actually happens. Now, it might be that every opinion we have is absolutely right, and then you just go, yeah, but you should have been, you should have known that. But when it yeah. doesn't go that way. And the underdog comes out and takes that win, then you go, yeah, we don't know anything because you know I would have, you know, you just look and you go, hey, let's just be honest about this, man. You take a look at both both of these fighters and their styles. You take a look at what they're good at. You take a look at the athleticism comparisons and everything. Everything is telling you that Valentina should win this fight, but that doesn't mean anything because you can't count what's in here. You know, the heart of a champion and then being smart in the fight and coming up with, you know, that thing that you figured out that gives that that opponent a problem. And then you just keep pressing that problem. You can you can win that fight. You can pull off a Matt Sarah versus a George St. Pierre. Well, yeah, I mean, like, there, shit, just last weekend, a couple days ago, how did we... The big tuna! The big fucking tuna! The big tuna, man. He, I put my foot in my mouth. I was like, I just didn't see how he was going to beat Christian Edwards. I thought maybe if he got on top, was able to make yeah. him carry the weight, do some ground and pound, maybe jump to a submission. I thought that. Never in a million years did I think that he was going to knock him out. Never. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I would never have thought that. When he came in and did the fighter meetings, and he said he had faster hands, I was like, ah. But... I wouldn't say this so much they were faster, but they were just on point. No, they, they were, were accurate. They were and, very accurate and on point. And he, and he threw Good it stuff. at the exact right time. And you can sit there and say, that was luck. I don't think it was. I think it was. I think so either. It was skill. He saw that switch. He said, oh, here I go. I'm going to throw this. It landed exactly oh. where he wanted it to. And so that's called skill. Big Tuna lit up Twitter that night. That was pretty funny. Oh, he was awesome. <laughs> Big, Big Tuna lit up. It wasn't just him. People were like, people were like well, holy shit, where did you, this guy come well, from? Well, let's just be honest, okay? Yeah. Ben Parrish has lost a lot of weight in his life, and he's got a lot of loose skin. He's got the dad bod. And so anytime you have that, first off, people are going to go, oh, you're going to lose. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, Roy Nelson fought with a body that was not actually that good looking. For a long time and won a sexy. lot of fights. Pretty big, big pretty country, sexy. baby. But it's, you know, the truth. And people look and they look towards that that Greek god type body like a Yoel Romero, like a Phil like a Josh Davis. Thompson. Yeah, I get it. Like a Yoel Romero, <laughs> like a Phil Davis. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> At one time you did. Oh, man, uh, let's anymore. just be honest, baby. I still have an Abertu. Happy I can birthday one out. to you. 
when I squeeze when I squeeze hard enough, I can get an ab to kind of poke out. Dude, dude that's not an ab. That's called a hernia. Oh yeah, that might be that might be the same. You might be right. You might be right. But, but yeah, back to Ben Perry. He's got a little bit of the dad bod, a little bit like podcast Dave, kind of just like hangs over a little bit. But hey, it's just years of of good living. That's what it is. I look at it that way. But I, I, I mean, look look, it, it, there's the one thing that that body tells me is there's discipline in his heart. There's discipline yeah. in his brain because he was overweight and he lost a ton of weight and that's why he has the excess skin but that tells me hey that's a that's a person that could be dedicated and that's the one thing that I look at when I see it is like all right at least I know that person puts their mind to something they can they can accomplish it so he had a great night and we're going to be talking about the big tuna big I tuna. love that name man I'm yeah, sorry <laughs> I said Big Tuna laid down the big kahuna that night. Uh, look, Valentina, I think she's going to get it done. But if, if we're going to do weighing in on the odds here in a second. Uh, and, and when we do that, I'm going to take a real good, long, hard look at the Lauren Murphy odds. Yeah. I'm just being honest. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm expecting her to be quite the underdog. Well, and but so, if, and this is where you look and you say, does she have a chance of winning? Yes. She could win that fight. And so if she's a, you know, a thousand underdog you know i don't know i don't know what it is right now but you know it's you know somewhere let's say eight eight fifty to a thousand is an underdog and you throw twenty dollars down on you can win a couple hundred bucks man and so yeah. you lose 20 bucks if she doesn't so what yeah yep gotta sometimes take those chances all right well let's get right back into the let's get back into the main card and alex volkanovsky well, versus brian fight? ortega the main fight the main you? fight all right, everyone. Hey, we're going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, mybookie.ag, and you use the promo code WAYNEIN. Also, NFL is back in action, and so is winning season with mybookie.ag and with the promo code WAYNEIN. That's the only way that you win is by using the promo code WAYNEIN. So mybookie.ag, use the promo code WAYNEIN. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the biggest and the best games better and victorious even in the sweeter and sweeter sense. Sweeter and sweeter sense. Well, head to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of booths, contests, and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. It only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point, Get you closer to that grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open and all it takes is one solid week to get you back on the track of the winning track and back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with mybookie.ag with the promo code WAYNEIN today. Well, in order to get you started for this, make your first deposit at mybookie.ag and use the promo code weighing in to instantly receive double, double your deposit. That's double your did money. You, did you say double? I said double. That yeah. means twice as much, Josh. That means if you put in a hundred, you're getting. I don't know. You are a mass specialist. <laughs> 200. 200. Come on, baby. <laughs> My God. You'll double your winnings with your first ever deposit using that promo code of weighing in. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Mybookie.ag. Promo code Wayne in. That's the only time they should be betting by using that promo code, by the way. This is true. I'll let you know. Okay. Good hey, point. Anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in. 
Talk to me, baby. Give it to me. What are you? Which well, way we, are you going? We talked about this. You on said you Saturday. can't go against Volk. <clears throat> I can't go against Volk, man. And look, somebody pulled, somebody sent me a tweet. They said, "Hey, I want you to know." Max Holloway has been outstruck twice in or three times in his career. Two of those times has been against Volkanovsky. Yeah. When you look at the punch stat numbers, and I'm like, okay, I get a punch stats. They're not supposed to dictate the, the, what happens in the fight when it comes to the judges. But when you look at it, like someone like Max Holloway, he wins the striking battle against Max, who's considered to be the best boxer, I think, in, in, for sure in the UFC, but in the sport of MMA when it comes to this. So when people are talking about his output, how many strikes he landed against yeah. Calvin Cater. Those type Ooh. of things. He looked phenomenal, right? But when Unbelievable. You, Alice came out and said something that most people need to understand is true. Max didn't look that way against me. And it's you. It's true. Styles make matchups, ladies and gentlemen. Styles make matchups. I can't say it enough. Now, is Brian Ortega that style to stop him? That's the thing. Brian just doesn't have as much of an output on the feet. As Max does, nope. he's not as precision with his punches. Okay, that that jab may be there. The right hand, Brian's right hand, heavy. Brian will mix it up a little bit, as we saw with Korean Zombie with the elbows and all the other stuff. I get that, but Volk It'll will take him down a lot more. Yeah, but Volk will take him down. Will Volk take him down and be able to weather the the it's submission of jitsu? So, John, I think it's a bad idea up until they get sweaty. Like you know, once Volk gets sweaty by the midway through the second. I don't know how much of it's a bad idea anymore because he's got short arms, short legs. How, I mean, that arm and guillotine, the guillotines, those type of things. He doesn't really have a fucking neck. Have you seen the guy? Look at this picture. He has no <laughs> neck. What the hell are you going to choke? He's a little ball of muscle. Look, when you fight guys that are I train with Justin Wilcox, that guy was just a little stump of muscle. And it didn't matter. I went to the leg lock on him. His legs were too short. Like you really couldn't, you couldn't adjust the torque on it. Just I went to arm shin. bar him. Yeah, I just went to arm bar him. My my crotch always cleared his elbow because his arms were so short. Like it, little things like that. He had no neck to speak of. He went shot a double he was leg. The silverback. He, but that's my point. My point is when I look at him and I look at Volk and I'm like, I get it. I understand. Now I, I'm not trying to say that I had a good submission game, but I would say Brian's is better than mine. Which probably is better than mine when it comes down to the fight game. I threatened a lot of it, but I wasn't. I didn't officially attack a lot of submissions. I did what I could, and then I usually get back up to my feet. With him, he's really nasty on the ground. We know that. Everyone knows that. But once they get sweaty and punches start being thrown, and you start to get a little bit more fatigued, that shit starts to go out the door, man. And so Volk, he's been in there with the best guys. He's only got one loss. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Brian Ortega fan. But when I look at this fight, I look at Brian's got to get him. If he's going to catch him in a submission, he's got to get him in the first round and a half, two rounds. I'll say two rounds. But then Volk's going to be able to start controlling the top position, being able to get sweaty. Sure, if something can happen, he can slide into something. I get it. But in the striking, I'm going to go with Volkanovski also. So I, it's going to be a tough fight for Brian as this thing goes on. And the conditioning and the output, Wokanovsky can control that. He's got ex fucking phenomenal cardio. So does yes, Brian. Does. Brian's got no quitting him either. So this is a great fight. When, when I got to sit here, John, and talk to you back and forth, like I'm convincing myself one way when I speak about one fighter, and then I speak <laughs> about the other fighter, and I'm convincing myself that way. I'm going, fuck, man, I don't know how to do this. Which way do I go? I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to juggle who to choose. I'm going to lean towards Volk because he's the champion because I saw what he did to Max. He did it. To, I know people keep saying he lost the, was the second one. Yes, he did. 
I, I thought he lost too, but he didn't though. Okay, nope. in the judge's eyes, he didn't lose. He's still the champion. He finds ways to win. <laughs> I, I, go, I got to go with Volk, man. I got to go with okay. Volk and Oscar. All right. Let me ask you this. Name me the guy. Don't change that... my mind, John. Don't try to convince me right now. I'm telling you, I already said I'm going with Volkanovski. Uh, I love Go it. ahead. Go ahead. All right. Name me the guy that Volkanovski has fought that is a submission master. A guy that is, he could pull off submissions from any place in that cage. Any yeah. can be in the top position, the bottom position, doesn't matter. It can be in the, the clinch position, and a submission can come out. Who's he want? Who's he beat? Dave, are, are you listening to John? Can I see it? Yeah, yeah give it to him, Dave. Come on. Like I just want to make sure you, you're on track because you seem like you're a little behind today. Because you can look and say, you know, he's faced good wrestlers. He faced Chad mm -hmm. Mendez, who's a great wrestler, yeah. but definitely great, not a submission. Got a great guy. guillotine. Got a great okay. guillotine. Yeah, but Chad Mendez. I mean, let's let's go back in time and look at Chad Mendez when he fought yeah. Javier Vasquez mm. and watch a guy who's in the top position and gets tooled. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Uh, Darren Javier Elkins Vasquez. got Darren Elkins got decent jiu-jitsu. Yeah, but Scrapper. no. Okay. I love Darren Elkins. Gamer, yeah. but slow. Yeah, yeah. All right. Tough yeah. as hell. Tough as hell. Hiroda, so, he's got he's got good submissions. Had good, Hiro good submissions. Okay, there I'm giving you that's the guy that I'm gonna say that's the best one. Uh-huh. And he's just not that that level of fighter. He's a yeah. good submission guy, but he doesn't the rest of the well, game's not there. Max has really good submissions as well. We just don't no. see him because he's so damn good on the feet. That's not his game. I get it, and but so, he's got he's he's good though. He, but here's the problem, and this is where people the one thing that Brian, you know, has done is he stayed with, you know, Henner Gracie. That's been his guy as his coach and stuff. Look, Henner is a freak about figuring out positions and where you can catch someone and what you can do from those positions. Now, the one thing that Brian is not, he's not that jujitsu guy that has gone to a bunch of, you know, competitions and proved himself, you know, as a great jujitsu guy in a gi. But he is good in a gi, but he's really good without the gi. Yeah. And he understands where the hand placements are and where the hooks are to hold on and how to make someone move in the direction that you want them to move so you can catch them. Like he was called T-City for a reason. He would force guys into making the mistake of falling into a position where he would all of a sudden his legs were moving and he's getting that triangle and he would do that triangle armbar attack and switch it back and forth and just, just basically chess match a guy into being three moves behind and they were done. Okay, so what's T-City have to do with that? Triangle City? Triangle City. Is that city. what it is? Yeah. Okay, just wanted to make T sure. T-City is Triangle page. City. Okay. Because all you know, all day, all night, Triangle City. But that's the one thing that Volkanovski has not really faced in his professional career. There's that guy that has a stand-up game that can stand with you and bang for a while. I'm not saying that. I, I think Volkanovski has more power overall. I think yeah. he is the heavier puncher. I think he's the guy that will bring the, the game a little bit. But the length of Brian Ortega is going to still give Volkanovski problem. He has got to come in and take chances in coming inside against Brian Ortega to land his shots. And so the length of Brian Ortega is going to give him problems. The jab of Brian Ortega is going to give him problems. And if Volkanovski starts going for takedowns, I think he's making a huge mistake as far as, especially if it's early in the fight, like you're yeah. saying, He's got to wait, and you got to wait until second, you know, second round, halfway through it or so, before you're even thinking about it. Because I want him starting to be slippery. 
you know, and you, you got to know, okay, I got enough sweat on me. I think I can pull out of something and maybe you can pull out, but you know, you can be, you can be sweaty as hell. And if someone catches it deep on any, they can catch it and they're going to have you. Yeah. So Brian's got that ability. Yeah. We're going to see if Volkanovsky's pullout game is strong. Yep. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly what you're going to see. <laughs> That's what we're going to see. That's what you're um, going to see. It's going to be a great fight, like I said. When great, you're trying to weigh matchup. the options on how this fight's going to go down, it really is a pick em, like, hey, this person can win this, this, and this way. This person can win this, this, and this way. But that doesn't mean that they can't win the other ways as well. No, no, so that's th- that, That's what makes these so ty- the one these way that, look, title fights. Let's just be honest. Volkanovski's not going to win this by submission. Watch. Okay. Okay. Watch. <laughs> just, watch. Just being honest, you put, your foot, you put your foot. In your I know mouth exactly. Like I said why. I guess what I would be more concerned about is if Brian Ortega starts shooting, because then that's a sense of like a little bit of desperation. Yeah. Like I'd see the punching to the takedown, but if he just starts shooting to shoot, because he's getting you know he's getting hit with some clean shots. Not his style. I don't think he will. It's not and his style. And I don't style. think he has the wrestling to actually take, you know, Volkanovski down in a in a shoot for the leg, you know, style. He's got a, he's, but he is big though. Brian's big, man. When I did the fight campaign with him, long. he's fucking tall, long, and lanky. <laughs> I said it again. Guys. Had, to, had to bring it in. I had to bring it in. Yeah, it's like diarrhea of the mouth when it comes out. It just happens. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, we're gonna go ahead and do uh, waning on the odds. That is our segment where we talk about bets that you guys should potentially think about taking at mybookie.ag. So you guys check it out. Use the promo code weighing in. But we're gonna kind of break down a little bit of these fights that we just talked about give you some of the odds and you guys can take our advice or not take our advice. We're just here to kind of help you kind of push you in a direction. Maybe that will make you some money. And that's all we hope for. So um, we're just doing it because we are fans of the betting game. We are fans of our followers and we hope that they get to make some extra money and thank us later. All right. So let's talk about the main, the, the main event. Brian Ortega is a plus plus one forty. Volkanovsky minus minus one seventy. The over under is over is minus 135 and the under is plus 105. Yeah. Like, like we said, it's kind of a pick 'em. It isn't a pick 'em. It's a What do you think? Oh, I can put $100 down on Brian Ortega and get 140 back, but I have to put 170 on Volkanovski to get 100. Yeah. I got to almost put double the amount of money on to get my money back. Guess which guy I'm going with? Uh Anytime go, you have go. You're a little biased. I'm not being biased. I'm being honest as far as if I have a fighter that can absolutely, definitely, no doubt, win that fight. Now, I'm not saying Volkanovski. He can absolutely, definitely, no doubt, win that fight. But so can the guy that is at plus. I'll always put my money on the guy at plus. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Minus 135 for the over of four and a half. Yes. And I look and I go, man... It really, you, know, you look at this fight and you look at the skill levels. It's so hard to get rid of a good fighter. It's yeah. so hard. They've got to make a mistake, and that can happen in this. But I think, you know, I, I, I hate going to that the under, but I think I would go with the over. You go with the over? Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, like, if it does get finished, it'll be Brian with the submission. Yep. Yep, and that's that's the hardest part, and especially as the fight goes on, the conditioning starts to be a factor, and the sweat plays a factor, and blood potentially, it starts to get harder and harder to get those submissions. So, yeah. uh, Lauren Murphy, she is a plus eight seventy five. Ooh, I was close. Valen- I said eight fifty to a thousand. Look at that. And Shevchenko is a minus fourteen fifty. Oh, mm. Mm. 
So you're going to get, you will get somebody out there, somebody who's going to sit there and they're going to put down like $30,000 to win, to win a thousand. Shevchenko saying, oh, it's a sure thing. It's not a sure thing. This is the one I say you have someone at plus 875. I'll put $50 down. I'm going to win $400. Yeah. She wins. I'm going to be a happy camper. And if I lose 50 bucks, I'm like, oh, well, there goes a dinner with the wife. Yeah, I would probably do the under two and a half for Shevchenko. Yeah. Minus 115. Just do it. Put a couple hundred bucks down, you know, collect a little couple hundred dollars more. Call it good. Yeah. I think it's going to be minus under two and a half, though. It's going to be under two and a half rounds. I think Shevchenko gets her out of there. And I would maybe even go the other way. Maybe bet, like you said. 50 to 100 bucks on Lauren Murphy, just in case. <laughs> For the 875. Just to back uh, it up. Yeah, just, just in case. Back um, all right, let's go to Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Ooh. Nick Diaz is uh, minus 120. Robbie Lawler, minus 110. Telling you it's an even fight. Yeah, it is. It is an even fight. It is. But, but it's if I was going to pick somebody. Over two and a half. If I was going to pick somebody. I would go with Robbie just because of the activity over the years. Over these most recent years, he's fought the who's who. He's been the champion. He has has never really stopped training. He still comes in and trains with the guys that he really cares about. You know, you, Logan Storley and all the other and guys. You did not look at what happened in the past it's too nope. long ago. No. Too, they're both different. That's, oh, yeah, not, that's, that's not part of the whole yeah. thing. But you, you look at it, and the way they have the odds, I'm just going to say it, the over – at two and a half is, you know, two thirty-five, because I think it's going to go the three rounds. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Hopefully, it's just a bar murder for the three rounds. Uh, what other fight on here you want to talk about? Jarzinho and Blades, or you want to talk about Cynthia uh, Cavio and Andrade? Nah, the one I would, I really wanted. You just you look at the odds on it is Marab against Marlon Marais. Yeah. Minus 265 Jeez. for Davos I can't even say his name ever. Davos mm. Marab. He's awesome. Tough dude. And, you know, at minus 265 plus 205 for Marlon Marais, that's telling wow. you which way both guys' careers right mm-hmm. now are going. But Marlon could win that. Marlon could definitely win that fight. And so at plus 205, again, not a bad bet. Yeah, I would probably take the Marlin bet as well. Yep. But I'm stupid, though. Nah, man. You know, <laughs> this is what you got to do when you're looking at underdogs. Can that underdog win that fight? Is yep. that reasonable to say, yes, this guy can definitely, or this this lady can definitely win this fight? If you can yep. say, yes, they can definitely win it, one that you put the you put your money there. Got it. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's waning on the odds for mybookie.ag. Make sure you guys use that promo code. Weighing in, they give you a little extra spending cash on these bets here. There's also the NFL is here is available, so check it out as well with the new games every weekend. So you guys can use our promo code Weighing In uh, for a little extra bonus money. All right, um, let's get into. We're gonna talk a little bit about the one. I'm sorry, but I completely forgot this. This car was this weekend, John. Oh, one FC, you, yeah, yeah, with one FC. But there are some fights on here that I am intrigued by, especially one of one of the guys that I trained with for a couple of years is uh, Buchecha, Marcus Almeida. He is phenomenal. He's making his debut as an MMA fight. 
He's fighting Anderson Silva, not the Anderson Silva that we have all know. A different <laughs> Anderson Silva. No, but he's that, fighting an Anderson Silva that is a very good kickboxer. That Anderson yeah. Silva has got has had a lot of kickboxing fights. I've watched him fight before. Uh, his MMA record is very, I mean, as far as only a couple fights, like three and one. Three, okay, three. I was going to say three or four fights, but he is an accomplished kickboxer. But you're taking a look at. They're taking a striker and putting him against the grappler. Just how good do you think Buchecha's stand-up is or his takedown ability is so he can get the fight to where he's got all this skill? Okay, so his his wrestling is is not good. His striking is garbage. His wrestling <laughs> is better than his striking, so that gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, there you go. But um, and I don't know how much he's put work in in terms of working against the fence and getting people down against the fence. Yeah. If he is smart, though, the way he likes the, sometimes what he'll do is he'll punch. I would imagine he'll punch his way into a body lock type scenario. And once that happens, he's really good at getting the fight kind of to the ground. Once he gets to the body lock position, it's not a wrestling type type style yeah. style of takedown. He will like backstep you or scissor backstep you and try to sit you to your butt. He will try and like basically sag on the leg. How Damian Maya does. He'll elevate the single leg and kind of just hang on the, that half guard position. He'll hang until you eventually drop. He'll try and do things like that. Um, you know, he, you should expect him to just go ahead and just sit into a leg lock position as well. Cause he knows that once he gets there, that he, and Silva ain't getting away. So he's just, he's phenomenal on the ground. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that I would say that will beat. Buchecha on the ground. We've seen Gordon Ryan beat him. I've seen Hodger Gracie beat him, but I've also seen him beat Hodger Gracie. I've seen him mix it up with a bunch of other. Look, his I ground looked, game is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. When you look at guys, like who's the guy that um, looks like Frank Muir, the little one? The young guy? The one that just fought. Tom who's the guy that just fought? Tom Aspinall. I take a guy like him and I take Cyril Gone. I look at their athleticism. Buchecha has a very similar type athleticism. Now, when it comes to the striking portion of it all, don't judge a book by it. He doesn't, he doesn't have any striking. But he spent so much time working on his, his grappling. When it hits the ground, you should expect that type of domination athleticism from him. So he's phenomenal. He attacks really well from, the, from all submission. He's all over the place. He's someone that will sit you to your hip, jump over your back, turn to the other. Like he just moves all around you until you're confused and then just submits you. He's phenomenal. He's an extremely great athlete as well. So that should be a fun fight. If he can get the fight to the ground, I don't see it lasting long. You got two uh, of the Lee clan uh, in there. You got Christian with a championship fight, and you have his not – is it is his sister older than him? I, I believe – yeah, Angela? I believe Angela. I think Angela is older than him. Okay. I so believe then this so. is his this younger is the youngest. Sister. Yeah, this is the younger sister. Yeah, well, I think she's Angela's like, twenty. She's only like seventeen years old, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they signed her when she was sixteen. Ooh, she might have been fifteen, but like she's getting ready boom. to turn sixteen. Yeah, she's two yeah. and zero. Oh. She's got she got phenomenal jujitsu, just like Angela and just like uh, her brother. Her brother's nasty too. Um, I guess like when I look at that family, you think to yourself, they don't look like fighters. <laughs> like they don't have that. <laughs> They don't have that fighter like because then when, when I see them do interviews, they're always smiling. They have great personalities in terms of like there's no like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass. There's none of that like that 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 kind of talk, that fight talk that we're used to hearing from from all different types of fighters. You don't get that from from them. They're a, it's it's a, it's a different type of a different type of fighter family that I think we're looking at, which is which is funny because you look at like you look at like Nick, Nick and Nate. 
and you look at other families that I don't know, other fighters and brothers or whatever that have fought together. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> Anyways, but this this family doesn't have that, and so it's it's kind of refreshing a little bit. But their younger sister, uh, Victoria, she's two and zero, and she's fighting another girl who's undefeated, Victoria Souza, who is five and zero. So I look. I always look to watch the younger up and comers, the ones that all yeah. the buzz is about. Look, you look at uh, Patty Pimlet, right? Yep. There's a lot of buzz about him. you know Connor when he came in. A lot of buzz about him. You know, there's a lot of buzz about a lot of fighters that are just coming up. <clears throat> I love to hear it because they're so young. You know, Aaron Pico had kind of that same buzz. Didn't last long, but then now he's back on track. So that's great. But I'm saying when you hear about these young, talented fighters coming up, I love it. I love hearing about it. I love seeing it. There's a lot of buzz right now, too, about uh, about Umar Nurmagomedov, you know, uh, him as well as his brother Usman. You know, so the two of them are, um, you know, they're extremely young as well. So there's a lot of buzz about uh, some top fighters that I think people just keep an eye on. They do have a very cool uh, heavyweight fight with Amir Al-Kabari. That is, Mm -hmm. he's got some big wins. He's a fantastic wrestler going against Mm -hmm. Anatoly Malskin. And uh, that should actually be a very fun fight, a competitive fight. You know, Amir has got great, you know, Great grappling stuff. He was he was with uh, Swick, I believe. Swick in, for a uh, while, yeah. yeah. I think didn't he fight in the Ryzen tournament? Yep, 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 yep. Did he lose to King Mo? Um, who did he, he or, did lose? I'm trying Mur- to remember who was it. Murko. I might have Murko. been Murko. Who did he lose? He lost to Murko. Yep. Yeah, Krokop. Yeah. yeah, but he was yeah, definitely in that. But he's got, he uh, actually got a win against Valentin Moldovsky in a split decision yeah. that. It was, you know, it was the size of Amir that wore down Moldovsky. Moldovsky was lighting him up on the feet and doing stuff, but then he would get a hold of him, and it was all Moldovsky trying to get up and away from him. And then, but he lost a he he won a split decision over Moldovsky. That's Moldovsky's only loss. Wow, interesting. But then you got Christian Lee. Let's just go to the let's just go to the, the top. Christian Lee putting his title on the line. You know, so. That, you know, when you take a look at that fight, the one thing, if you're going to look at Ray Yoon Oak is how you mm-hmm. say it. It's okay, but this is the guy that beat Eddie Alvarez in his last mm-hmm. fight. And, uh, you know, he hurt Eddie in that fight. Eddie came back and had a good fight. This dude, if you watch any of his fights, man, super durable. This guy takes big shots and just keeps on coming back. And the, there's one thing that I will tell you, he is hard to take down. You watch guys trying to take this guy down and just burn themselves out trying to get him to the ground. And let's be honest, Christian won his last fight with a you know brilliant knockout uh, in a fight that no one would have thought against a guy in Timothy. Timothy. Nasty. You, yeah, you wouldn't have thought that if Christian was going to win, he was going to win by submission, not by a knockout. But great, you know, great job by him. But again... You would think in this one he's going to want to try to get it to the ground. Overall, he's going to he's going to work his butt off getting it there. This guy is tough. Yeah, T- Timothy Nasigan is the one that also knocked out Eddie Alvarez. Yep. So that he was knocked Eddie, out Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's debut fight in one. Yes, yes. And t- I've been call I was calling Timmy Timothy's fights when I was working as a case side commentary for one for a while, and he exploded onto the scene. He was one of those guys that didn't have any fights that really went past the one minute, past the first round. He either knocked you all out. He had a ton of knockouts. I want to say he was like or out he of got his submitted. Yeah, out of his like eleven <laughs> fights or twelve fights at the time, he had like nine knockouts, 
And then I think he had like two losses. I think he got submitted by both losses all in the first round. He didn't really have anything that went past the first round. But then Oak coming over also and then beating beating Eddie Alvarez as well says a lot. Yeah, it does. So this should be a good fight. Yeah, it should be fun. It's a a quality championship fight. Christian is... uh... He's fun to watch, and he's young, and he's you know energetic, and he's got a great personality. I think one has a great champion in him. They obviously yeah. want to push him and keep him there, but he's they're giving him real competition because his his opponent is the real deal. Tough mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, should be good, man. He he's a scrapper. He's a gamer. Don't let the looks fool you. When you look yep. at him, he's got that smile. He's kind of looks all prim and proper. He doesn't look like a fighter. He's twenty three years old. You know, I mean, he's 15 and three. He's he's talented. He's talented all the way around. We saw that when he knocked out Timothy Nastyuk. And now let's see if he can get this get this fight done as well. So yep. should be a fun fight. Should be. All right. All right. Let's, uh, Dave, I think we're going to jump to some news. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into some news. Okay. So first piece we got, Nasra. So the whole Dan Hooker thing we talked about in the last show has now flipped <laughs> on to Nasra. Um, uh, Dan that? Hooker got his visa and Nasra <laughs> did not. It's like, man, these guys are getting uh, some some definite difficult times from the U.S. government. I, I don't understand, Josh. When you can look at this guy and you can see that he's fighting on a fight card, it's a professional fight card, it's a, a company like the UFC, which you know is the real deal, mm-hmm. and he's on that fight. Come on, how much paperwork do you have to go through to figure out, yeah, yeah. I can let this guy in? No idea. I, that's that's why I never understood. Remember, Khabib's father wasn't allowed to get paper. He wasn't allowed to come over several times. It's like you know it's his son. Yeah, like you know his son. He's main eventing fights that are like being talked about worldwide. Yeah, how difficult is it? Like, hey, can my dad get his visa? I don't fucking get it. Like, what's the problem? Oh, I, anyways, I, it's I don't dumb. Like it. it's, it's. I hope. I it, guess it's it's above my pay grade. The one thing that I really hope is if you know they do get this fight. Uh, if Nazrat does get his visa, I do hope that they don't make these guys cut to 155. There's no reason for it. They're going to both match up, match them up at, you know, 165, 170, 175, whatever it is. So they yeah. don't have to go through a weight cut because they're, they're both going to be coming basically yeah. right off of a plane, having very little time to actually, you know, cut weight and to do it in any fashion that's, you know, if, if it can be healthy, to do it in a healthy way. So, Hopefully the UFC is smart to say, all right, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do this as a contracted weight. I don't wanna see an A level fight turn into a C level fight because both Basically. fighters have to make weight coming yeah. off of a plane where yeah. you're you've already you're been known water. To, to to carry water. Like you get on a plane, man, my ankles are swollen, my knees are swollen. First thing I do when I get to the hotels normally is I'll go for a run, try and sweat some of that out. Maybe sit in the sauna as of obviously for COVID, we're not allowed to go to the sauna as a, for us, <laughs> but I mean, I can go to the treadmill and run there, you know, with a mask on. Um, but all of that stuff, regardless, <clears throat> all of that stuff, like, I don't want to see, I want to see these guys come in. Maybe, maybe if you guys do it at 70, you'll still, you'll probably both of them will still have to cut about five, six pounds, but I'd rather see that. That's okay. That performance than yeah. seeing them trying to make 55. Cause that five, six any. pound is not going to yeah. kill them. No. You know, and they'll have energy and, You've got a fight that they're going to be at the weight that they normally would have been making the yeah. weight at 155 anyways. Yeah. So hopefully right, they next, do that. Next uh, topic is on Marino versus Figueredo 3. Okay. John, I, you don't, I, I, don't, I don't get this I don't one. get it. You and I there don't comes get it. A, there comes a point where you can look and say, why? 
All right. These guys had a fight when Figueroa was the champion. It became a draw. And then they reschedule it, which I thought they should have based upon the draw. And you have Marina win it convincingly. Yeah. Convincingly. Okay. You have other people in that flyweight division that their competition for Brandon Marino and they're, you've got guys that have beaten him there. Mm-hmm. And so why are you bringing this fight back? That doesn't make sense. We've, we've both agreed on this. We've talked about this a bunch of times. <clears throat> Look, if you have a person like a GSP or if you have a person like uh, Anderson Silva, whoever's been a champion for a long period of time, a Jose Different. Aldo, and if you lose, and even if you lose convincingly and that fighter wants to get it back right away, then I understand. Yep. Okay. But because like you said, sometimes they need that motivation. Like when BJ Penn lost to Frankie the first time yeah. and they gave him the automatic rematch. I was like, okay, I get it. He first is BJ Penn. Two is BJ was the champion for about five or four or five fights. I think at the time it was like, okay, maybe he didn't get up for it. Maybe Frankie just didn't have that. Oh, you know, cause when BJ fought, it was Sean Shirk. No one could beat Sean Shirk. No one could beat Kenny Florin had the antidote. Cause he gives good jujitsu guy. It was all these other options that people were talking about. Maybe the motivation wasn't there, but then Frankie beat him the second time. Okay, you move on. This fight, I have no under. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like we talked about with the uh, Whaley Zhang and Rose Lama Yunus fight. I don't yep. get it. That one she I don't wasn't get the either. champion for like five fights, no, or six fights. She was a champion for one. She defended fight. it one time, and that was my like. I'm like, why are you giving? She got knocked out. It wasn't like it was in a the close first fight. round. In the first, like yeah, that's what we. I'm like, you shouldn't be giving her a rematch right away. Uh, and so this this same thing. He got finished, done. Yeah. Fight's over. Like move on. And so uh, you know, let's let him let him fight somebody else once or twice somewhere else. And if he gets convincing wins, which he probably will, he'll be back. Then bring him back. Exactly. This I is agree. not a fight. Like I like Brandon Moreno, so I'm gonna. Probably oh, I love watch. Brandon Moreno. He's and I, the kid is awesome. Yeah. He's an awesome person. He's a he's fun. a junkyard dog as a fighter, and uh, I don't know. It's fun. He's fun. Yeah. He's just uh, the personality's fun. I see. I've seen him. Um, some memes going around to him, kind of like uh, hanging out with the ladies next to the cage. Just you know, doing this. Th- it's pretty funny. He, he's he's hilarious. All right, next, Dave. Next story comes from boxing, and it's uh, Canelo <laughs> and Caleb Plant, and they had a press conference, and then they squared off, and Canelo pushed him first, and then uh, he slapped Canelo, and it just kind of broke out from there. Yeah, but did he really slap him? Play that thing. I think he missed. He did. Oh. Let's see. There's a closer one right here. Go ahead. Play that sucker. Watch the head movement on Canelo. Watch when Plant comes up. Canelo pushes him. He does. He's the one that instigates it. But when Plant comes back, nothing but air. Jimmy Lennon Jr. up there. All of a sudden, he's like, what? Yeah, he missed. Never got touched. Never close. Which tells you what is going to happen in the fight. Same shit. Thank you very much. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are only here to give you who is going to win. Yeah. Uh, Canelo is going to light plant up. Yeah, that wasn't even close. Then he hit him with a fucking two-piece in a soda. No, it was it just <laughs> hey, Canelo, Canelo, like that's what I don't understand about fighters. Look, if I'm all down for building up the fight, then Canelo's on his Twitter says, Don't talk about my mom. Fighters, like, what are you guys doing? At the end of the day, really? Come on, man. Talking about people's mothers? Let's I don't know. It just was 
maybe I'm cut from a different cloth. I just, I didn't, I, I wasn't into the shit talking game. I probably should have been a little bit more, but I mean, I would have never talked about someone's mother or their kids or their wife. Like those, those you things are like completely say off. Limits. Anything you want about yeah. the person you're fighting. Yeah. Go ahead. You can say, dude, you're the worst. You're, you're, you're a coward. You've done this, whatever it is, whatever you want to say, go ahead. All right. Don't get into the family. Don't get into yeah. the religion. That, it's like, what are you doing? Just talk about their coaches, their corners, yeah, their gym socks, their teammates, the people they train gym, with, exactly. their teammates, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I, I was kind of liking what, what Tony Ferguson was doing with Khabib when he would call him tiramisu. Like, it just like, <laughs> you know, like all that stuff. I, I thought, I was like, hey, at least she's keeping it kind of professional. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he kept it there. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess we're going to find out how this all thing goes down this weekend, though. It's going to be a good fight. Next story. What else you got, Dave? That was November 6th. Oh, it is November 6th. Sorry. That that was November 6th. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Next story. Leon Edwards says that he thinks the UFC is trying to get him beat. No shit. (laughs) Sorry. Leon, Leon. did it take you this long to realize that? Leon, you are a genius. I love you, dude. You're a great fighter, but of course they are. Brilliant. Jeez. As I would tell my son. Sharp as a marble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course they're trying to get you beat. Right now, there's that position that they believe that you are not the guy that's going to be selling tickets, putting butts in the seats, putting eyeballs on the screen. They gave you the opportunity with Nate. It was a good fight that you had all up until that you know one shot, and then you were hanging on, and that did not help in their ability to sell you. So... They're going to want to put you in a, a couple of more fights or, you know, that you perform well, but yeah, they're, they're definitely not, they're not looking to put you in that championship fight. Yeah. John, here's the problem. Like, cause John Fitch went through the same thing. He was winning yeah. before John had lost to GSP. He had actually more, more finishes than he had decisions. So people called him yeah. boring, but he actually had finishes. Yeah. If you go back and look at his record, he had finishes. After he lost to GSP, he started getting boring. There was a little bit of that bitter taste in his mouth of how the UFC handled him with the whole the likeness and the bobblehead bullshit and the cards and all that stuff that happened, that likeness contract. All of that shit happened. In this scenario, he's not – he doesn't want to deal with this, man. Like, you got to just go out there, win. Don't – don't just stay out of the media. Stay out of the press, man. It's not – it ain't getting done. So, yeah, they're trying to get you beat. Or they're trying to give you guys, they're trying to give you fights See, but, that will bring more notoriety to you. Okay, exactly. They, they have talked about the Masvidal fight. Yeah. And he said no. And it's like, are you crazy? Yeah. That's a fight you should take. That's going to, it's going to bring eyeballs to you. You can perform well. That's what you need. Yeah. I don't care if it's the championship or not. There's those fights, you know what? That's going to help you. Even though you are ranked above him, it's just going to put another little click. You know, it's it's like putting that check mark or that little notch on your pistol. I mean, I think that's a great fight for him. I, I, There's money really fights, man. At- you you just had the Nate Diaz fight. I don't know what you made for that fight, but it should have been considered like a money fight for you. The same thing goes for the George uh, Masvidal fight. Take that fight. What are you yeah. doing? Thank He's you. coming off of a loss, too. If you can fight someone coming off, I know it doesn't sound like, oh, I don't want to fight someone coming off a loss because I have eight fights in a row or I've won or seven or whatever it is. No, he's got more than that. Yeah, but the point is, though, is that, look, his confidence, Mazadal's confidence is in the same before. 
if you're going to fight somebody who's that you're trying to get to the title shot, this is your opportunity to beat that guy. Yeah. Like, cause his, his mindset is not the same. He knows now he can be knocked out. Whereas before, I don't think George ever realized he could be knocked out. I don't think he ever thought he could. Yeah. I, he's, he's, you know, like he'd never been put in that type of scenario, especially the way that he lost. That's going through his mind. So if you're going to take a fight with him, bro, this is the time to take it with him. So yeah, you're, you're kind of putting your foot in your mouth a little bit with the media. Stay out of the media, man. Just take the fight. Get the win, move on. Because you now you've you've beaten Nate. Sure, people are gonna talk about the last minute, but the rest of the fight you dominated. And then on top of it, if you beat Masvidal, okay, you beat two people, two of the bigger stars in that yes. division. No one knows. I like Gilbert Burns, but no, not as many people know him as they know George Masvidal. Same thing with Vicente Luque. No one really knows Vicente Luque except for the hardcore fans in terms of if they knew him over George Masvidal or Nate Diaz. Absolutely not. Stephen Thompson's been around a long time. He's got a little bit bigger name than both those guys. So if I was going to say, hey, who's going to fight? I'd probably take Steven Thompson or Mazadal. Otherwise, you're you're just waiting around. You're waiting around for that title shot. And keep waiting. The longer you wait, the less likely they are to use you, by the way. Yep. I agree. So next. Next story, uh, Matt Brown returns to the Octagon against Brian Barberina. That's a great fight. I love that fight. I I love Brian Barberina. He is a, as a, he's a junkyard dog. And so is Matt Brown. Like Matt Brown's one of those guys that you know he can keep doing this because he's he is that guy. He still fights. And I think that the matchup between him and Brian Barbarena, that's gonna be a phenomenal fight. One that I definitely will want to watch. Both guys just are nuts. You know, Matt yeah. Brown's got, you know, incredible elbows he is just tough as hell only the best have ever beaten him that's a great fight yeah should be a good fight like when like i said carlos connett's leaving and uh joseph benavidez leaving matt brown's like no nah, i got more left in the tank <laughs> it's like let's go <laughs> let's just keep riding this bitch till the wheels fall off right. hey he he's tough he's tough as nails man it should be a great fight good yep. stuff next all right, last piece we'll wrap up on. Uh, Conor McGregor is uh, back in the trending category. Oh, I saw his, this one. With the pitch <laughs> at the okay. game. Cup First game. off, you've got to. Get... I'm sorry, he was at the he was at the Cowboy game, and then he goes to to. Uh, is this was it the Cubbies? Yes, yeah, the Cubs. And, and man, he throwing out the first. He's Irish, man. They don't have baseball in Ireland. It's just, this is not yeah. good. He throws this like it's a left hook. <laughs> it goes completely. It doesn't even get close. Man, <laughs> I don't know where that thing ended up. <laughs> it's like didn't you like didn't you practice a little bit before you got out there, buddy? Come well, on, man. Dude, the, hold on. The pants didn't help. They're a little tight. The pants, the jacket doesn't help. It kind of constricts you and stuff. I'm gonna go with he wasn't dressed appropriately. That didn't help him. But yeah, he should have practiced. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the. I'm just gonna go with that. He's Irish, man. They don't have baseball there, and they're just. Like, he didn't grow uh, up, you know. Do they, have, the, do, do they have cricket in Ireland? Cricket, yes. Yeah, yeah but they yeah. throw the ball overhand like like a bolt. Like I don't even know how. But they gotta like? throw it from the outfield. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, Strange. Anyways, that's a, I, don't don't get on Connor for that. No, that was. But you know who threw it worse though was if I had to put the two fifty cent threw it worse. Oh, I think I Fifty Cent had probably the worst the worst pitch there ever was. Dave, can you look up Fifty Cent? Fifty <laughs> Cent uh, throws out the first pitch or some shit. 
His was the worst. Yes. Oh, jeez. That ain't looking like 50 Cent. No, that's commercial. Here we go. How long is it? Oh, it was, oh, it was the Met game. Let's see. It's from here. Oh, watch this, John. Let's see it. This, oh, see, he already threw it. It's embarrassing. Oh. Like, he's laughing because he knows it's embarrassing. I'm like, bro, 50, come on, man. You got him. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get, and they're both left-handed, but I guess... Connors went to the right, whereas fifties at least just came Connors hand, crossed right? the the center. Thing. Yeah, that thing went. The, the plate was here, and that thing went off at a forty five degree. Yeah, it was. Thing. It was funny, man. Oh, that's they, awesome. I remember them. I remember them talking about that on the on the sports channels the next day for probably two days of it. Oh, it was like the camera man. guy that he was almost, probably he almost 10, killed that poor camera guy. That the guy was more than ten feet away from the plate. And he almost hit that guy. More than ten Jeez. feet. He was twenty five feet to the side. That was great. Incredible. All right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this show up. It's our midweek show. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button uh, down below. Also hit the link that's in our main uh, YouTube channel. That'll take you to our Clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there as well. Hit the thumbs up. You guys keep leaving your comments. We love it. You guys are helping with our algorithms and posting up our shows. Also, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still pick up any of our shirts that are available that we have available for you in all different colors. We've got our original logo shirt up there as well as you saw Scott Coker wear at the weigh-ins for Bellator yeah, last but... Friday. That was awesome. And we have our logo that we use now as well as the Karate Kid, the Terminator, and Home Alone shirts that are up there. So check them all out. Pick one up. And uh, if you guys post a picture of, of yourself wearing it after home you buy alone. it, we will retweet it. Home Alone. Not home Alone. Sorry. Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Home improvement. We should do a home alone one though. We should too. do a home alone. Can I like home alone? We could do a home guys, alone. We'll make we'll bandits. make Dave. We'll be the bandits. I like that. I love it. That would be fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And John, take us away. Uh, I just want to tell everyone out there: keep watching all this MMA action that is coming up. There's going to be some great fights on Saturday. So if you're out there, thank you for listening, and we will see you. <laughs> 